Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you have it, let's, let's, let's stand and acknowledge God. Acknowledge the word of God. Hallelujah. Happy. God wants you happy. Hallelujah. Forget about yourself. Concentrate on him. Old song says just forget about yourself. Concentrate on him. All right. We're going to start with verse 13, and we're going to end at verse 14. When you got to say amen. Amen. All right. Let's read it together. Ready. Read. And Mordecai told them and answered. answered. Escape in the king palace any more than all others. For if in this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you, God, that you have already done something great in our midst. We thank you that you're already here. Now, Father, we ask you now in the name of Jesus to have your way in us. Move by your power and your spirit, God. And Father God, as I speak, God, let the words come from you, Father. Father, not from flesh, but by spirit. We love you, we praise you, God, and we want the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart, my heart, to be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all may be seated. So for such a time as this, if you need a subject or a title, the title is, You Were Born for This. You were born for this. Tell your neighbor, you were born for this. The world has been created long, long, long time ago. But you was born for this time. You was born for this season. You was born for this hour. Could you imagine yourself being born in the cave days? Can, can, you, can you really imagine yourself in them caveman days during that time when you had to, you know, you didn't know nothing about shelter or anything, you outside and, you know, you, you learning about fire and how to make fires and everything like that. Can you imagine yourself being in that time? Let me fast forward a little bit more. Can you imagine yourself being a slave? Now we, now we know Time out. Let me, let me back up a little bit. We understand that if we're in the world system and we're, you know, doing those things as of in finance and in mortgage and all that, you know, the, the, the borrower is slave to the lender. We understand that part. But I'm talking about slavery days when you had chains and you had to go and work. No. Could you imagine yourself being in those days? No, sir. No? Okay. What about the 20s? Can you imagine yourself? And I know we may have some. No, not really. We don't. <laughs> but I know we have some who's, who's still here from the 20s. But what I mean is this right here. 
when God created the heavens and earth, he already had us in mind for this time. For this time. When Jesus died on the cross over 2,000 years ago, we wasn't, our parents weren't thought of, our great-grandparents, none of those were thought of, but Jesus, when he died, he had us in his mind for this time. Right? Now, I say this because even though we're in this time, in this, this season, we all have something to do in this time. You was created with a purpose. No one in here was not created with a purpose. I want everyone to understand that. If I don't care, and I heard, I heard Apostle Durbin say this this week, he said, I don't care if you was, if the parent, your parent was raped or molested, if you was came, you came out, you were still for this time for a purpose in, the, in this land right here. It doesn't matter. So you was never a mistake. God never created anybody out here for a mistake. There was something that God placed in you. There is a gift in you that you have for this time. Hallelujah. But we have to figure out what that gift is. If you don't know already. You got to figure out what that purpose is. And what happens is the enemy understands. That you are here for a purpose. The enemy understands that you are here for this time for a reason. Because I, I do believe that, hey, this, and we've heard our parents say, we've heard our grandparents say, their grandparents probably heard it. And we, we've heard even Peter say that these are the last and evil days. But, and I do believe that these are the last and, and time, time is, yes. So it's too many things going on in the world right now not to see that the, the word is true. Because there's a lot of things that what was prophetically spoken in the word that's going on right now to these days that show us that the time is winding down. The time is winding down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Days, I mean months until weeks. Weeks until days, days until hours. Now I don't know about y'all, but last year seemed like it just flew past. And it seemed like this year is flying fast. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I kid you not, I just thought a couple of days ago, I, I was out for the summer. And then I seen a back to school sign come up on the, on the street. My head fell. My head was like this. Oh, man. Hallelujah. But. We are here for a time and a season. There's no mistakes what's going on. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Ecclesiastes 3. In one. In one. Three in one. And if you can, can you put, give me that in the amplifier. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're here. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone. Look what it says. It's to, to everything. There is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. There is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under the heaven. So if you was created, you had a time, you have a time and a purpose. If you was created, I think everybody in here is created. <laughs> All of us is created. So we have a time and a purpose under the heaven. We're under the heaven now, correct? 
So we have a time and a purpose, all right? All right, so purpose. I'm just give you the definition of purpose. One, we have three definitions. One says something, what something is used for. And then it has some synonyms, mean function, roles, and use. So everybody who, who's been here long ago know I played football. Okay, so there, there are some roles in football that a, a team has. You have five linemen. They either on the offensive line, or most times you may have four on the defensive line or three on the defensive line, however you want to look at it. But on the offensive side, since I play offense, I'm going to be biased. All right? We have five linemen. Okay? Dee, can you come right here for a second? Barry, can you come right here for a second? Dee, can you come right here for a second? Chris, come, let, me, let me have you right here for a second. Hallelujah. Come on, Jay. Come on, my, my little boy from South Carolina. Yeah. Come on, sir. Hallelujah. All right. Slide over, slide over, slide over, slide over, slide over. Okay. So this is, let's say, a line. All right. Now, the line's purpose is either to protect their quarterback. Okay. And let's say that I was a quarterback. So their main purpose is to protect the quarterback or be able to protect the person who's running with the ball. Making sure a defender is not coming in to attack either the quarterback or the running back, which I played. All right? So these guys give the quarterback time. All right. Their main purpose, if if they, they learn, they learn what what plays. They learn plays, and it may be fifty plays. They have to just like the quarterback, just like the wide receivers. If I had wide receivers out there, just like the running back, they have to learn some. They have to learn all the plays. They may not do the exact same thing the quarterback does. They may not do the exact same thing the wide receivers does. They may not do the same thing the running back does, but they all have a purpose. There is all a job to do. Hallelujah. Now, most times the line are not getting all the accolades. The quarterback may be getting the accolades. The wide receivers may be getting accolades. The running back may be getting the accolades. They may not be getting a lot of accolades. But without them, the quarterback is nothing. The wide receivers are definitely nothing. And the running back is nothing. So they all have a purpose. Now, why you say that? Thank you, sir. It doesn't matter what your purpose is. It could be something very small. But just know that your purpose is still valuable. It's still important. It doesn't matter if you're the one greeting at the door. That is still a ministry. Matter of fact, if you're greeting at the door, that's the first ministry. That's one of the most important ministries. Because just think, I know I just had some guests who came in. If all greeters came in there and 
we had some ugly face. Why are you here? I don't know why you even coming here. Or, hey, how you doing? What's going on with you? Who don't want to come back here? It doesn't matter if it was coming to be blessed by, like, like I say, the coworkers came and they, they I, you know, I invited them. They came. They was like, okay, cool. I want to see what you're going to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, who going to want to come back if they didn't see any kind of love? They didn't feel like they was welcomed in. Who going to want to come back? They're, the greeters are the first contact that the people, the guests have. So they're very important. So it doesn't matter what role or what your purpose is, long as you're doing the purpose that God placed in your heart, you're going to be blessed. I told the story before how I met, young, I met a young man about six years ago where he was the, the, uh, the buccaneer. He was the mascot, the buccaneer mascot. And the first thing I seen on him was a Super Bowl ring when they won the Super Bowl. I thought he probably was part of the, the practice team or the practice squad. I thought, because I, 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 you know, he was a little short buff guy. But he told me, no, I was the mascot. So you mean to tell me that you got this big Super Bowl ring, you didn't, you didn't really get hit, you didn't get bruised, you didn't get broken up. All you had to do is just praise, because that's what a mascot does. All you had to do is just give them praise. All you had to do is just make sure that the team is hyped up, being joyful. That's all you had to do. And you got the same as the ones who's been broken, who, who, who had to go through all the adversities. There was a story in the Bible when God, God, uh, Jesus was telling this, this parable about these men who, who went and did a lot of work. They worked, for, they worked for hours. They worked for hours and hours and hours. They was working, they was working, they was, they was going at it. And there was another group that the, the, the boss of the manager went and grabbed, and they only worked for maybe a quarter of the time. But they got the same reward. They got the same reward. What are you saying? As long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about comparing yourself with no one. When, when, we, when I, was, I was driving one day, and, and I was, and I, I, Dad has been talking about this comparison and competitiveness. Oh, man, that's, that was a blessing. But, he, he, but God was telling me, he, he gave me this, this, this saying. He said, don't compare yourself with no one, but be yourself with everyone. He said, don't compare yourself with no one. Meaning that because they may do it a different way than you do, don't, don't try to do it the way that they're doing it. I didn't place that in you to do it that way. If I wanted you to be them, then I would have made you them. But I didn't make you them. I made you you. No one can beat you being you. No one can. 
No one can, no one can, can beat you delivering a word that God placed in your heart to deliver a word. Period. It doesn't matter what other folks think, but if God placed it in your heart to do it that way, then that's how you should do it. So purpose. I got off track. Second, 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 second one is anticipated outcome that is intended or that guides your plan action. So an outcome. So your purpose is to have an outcome. Your purpose is to be able to finish something. To finish something. To finish the plan that God has placed in your spirit. Not your plan, but God's plan. God's plan. I ain't talking about what Drake said. I'm talking about God's plan. <laughs> Synonyms, an aim, a, des uh, a design, an uh, intent. What your intentions is. Hallelujah. Third one. The quality of being determined to be or achieve something. Firmness of purpose. Your determination. When you have a purpose, you should have a determination to finish that purpose. You should have a determination. You should not allow anything to get you away from fulfilling the purpose that God placed in your heart. Hallelujah. All right, so how do we fulfill our purpose? That's the question. How do we fulfill it? I'm, and I'm going to give you six ways that we, how we can fulfill it. First way, you got to know your purpose. You can't fulfill nothing you don't know, right? So you have to know why you're here. And like I said before, everybody's here for a reason and a purpose. We just got to figure out why we're here. So you got to know your purpose. You got to know why you've, you've been here, you've been created. Because remember, <laughs> when, when, it was a, when your mother and your daddy was going, whatever, it was a lot of sales, a lot of those things squirming around to get to that one egg. It was a lot of them. But for some reason, you're the one who came out. Everything else died, but you was the one who came out. So that right there in itself should have let you know that there's got to be a reason why I came out of this thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And of course the enemy wanted to destroy you. The enemy wanted to make sure that you don't know what your purpose is. So you can, a lot of, we have a lot of suicide thoughts, suicidal thoughts. People have a lot of suicidal thoughts. A lot of that, not because, it's, it's because they're stressed out, you know, distressed, they, but they feel lonely and they feel like they're worthless. That's one of the main reasons why people want to kill themselves because they feel worthless. They feel like they're not worth nothing. They don't understand that there's a purpose in their life. There's a ministry in them, birthed in them from day one when Jesus died. Not understanding why Jesus died on the cross. It was because they was worth it. So that's why a lot of suicidal things go on because they don't feel like they're worth it. But you're worth it. Tell your neighbor, you're worth it. Hallelujah. So, per so you got to know your purpose. Hallelujah. There's three ways that you can know your purpose. First, by dreams and visions. By dreams and visions. Hallelujah. If we looked at Joseph in, in, in Genesis 39, 
God gave Joseph dreams. He gave him great dreams. He, he, he had dreams of, when I first read Joseph, and let's, let's go 39 to 5. When I read it, I didn't understand. I didn't know what that meant myself until the, to his brothers interpreted it for me. I didn't know what that meant. I, I, I'll be lying if I said I did. Hallelujah. Genesis 37 and 5. Okay. And it says, now Jesus had a dream, and he had told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. Here we go. Joseph. I said Jesus. Joseph had a dream. I mean, Joseph and Jesus, you know. But anyway, they had a dream, and their brothers hated him even more. Seven. Six. And he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheep, and indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaves. Eight. And his brother said to him, Shall we indeed, shall you indeed reign over us? So now his brother's interpreting his dream to him. He letting them know that, okay, they was like, so so you saying that you um you're gonna be, you know, reigning over us. We're gonna have to bow down to you. Now, this was the purpose of Joseph. So his, his purpose came in a dream, all right? His brothers are letting him know exactly what his dream is about. So he can go ahead and fulfill that dream that his brothers, you know, interpreted to him. Even though they hated him, they didn't understand that they was pushing him into his purpose. Hallelujah. And they hated him even more. And if you read down the line of, of Joseph's dream, he went through a lot of stuff, but... Until his time came. The Bible said until his time came. Until his, his purpose was fulfilled. Because he, 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 he got there. He went through Potter's. He got sold. He became a slave. He went to Potiphar's house. Learned how to do. Uh, become um, uh, a leader. And even though he's a slave, he's learning how to become a leader. Went to a prison and started leading her in the prison, in the king's prison. So now he don't, he it looked like he dropped, but he really went up because now he's in the king's palace. Right. We don't look at it like that. Like, he's in the, he was in the Potiphar's house. Then he went to the king's palace. Now, even though he was in jail in the king's palace, he was still in the palace. Do y'all see that? So that meant that he went from a, a he went from the pit. He went to Potiphar's house, which was a little bit above the pit. Then he went to the palace. So he kept going up and up and up. So he kept progressing. Still thinking that he was a slave. Still thinking he was a prisoner. But God was still just pushing him into that place where he can achieve that purpose that he had. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I just got that. Thank you. Hallelujah. Okay, so by dreams and visions, by God himself or a man sent by God. So that's, point, that's part two. God himself, if you look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah tell you, for you was born, for you formed, I had already anointed you to be a prophet. Jeremiah didn't know nothing about that. Jeremiah like, huh? A prophet? Man, I'm just a, I'm, I'm just a kid. Don't say you're a kid, man. Because all you got to do is just speak. If he can use a donkey, if he can use a harlot, <laughs> I 
can show you as a child. Don't say that you're just a youth. All you got to do is just speak. My words will come out of your mouth. So, he, so God or a prophet, a prophet can come and tell you. I, in the book of Second, um, first, first Kings, you can see Elijah. Elijah, he went and anointed Elisha. Okay? He went and anointed Elisha. Elisha didn't know that he was supposed to be a prophet at that point in time. He was out there working for his father, no. For his father, forgive me. Not father, no. His father, I have. I have guests and I have school guests. Excuse me. His father. So he was working for his father. So he didn't know what he was supposed to be doing. Hallelujah. But Elijah came in and anointed him. You are going to be the prophet, the next prophet. Hallelujah. And then parents. The next one, your parents. Your parents can speak to you and tell you what you're going to be. Hallelujah. Parents, listen to me good. (laughs) Be careful of what you're saying over your kids. Be careful what you're saying over your kids. Because your kid may have been disobedient. Don't say you be disobedient all the time. You're speaking that over their life. You got to realize, I, I, and I told this story one time before, when I, was, when I was a kid, I was a bad boy. You know, I was terrible. I mean, I was about to get kicked out of elementary. How you get kicked out of elementary? I was about to get kicked out of elementary. I was so bad. They already had a, they had a, a desk right there beside the principal's office for me they, with my name on it. With my name on it. And every day, they was thinking that I'm I'm a I'm in fourth grade and they sitting up talking about I'm I'm a I'm a head of a gang. How am I in a gang? I'm in fourth grade. Oh, he, he always beating up on people. You know, and they going they going off on me. My mother, she, they, and they told her they said, hey, your son is not gonna make it to 15 years old. You know, I mean, because of the, my actions of how I was acting. Now, they prophesied against me. Y'all heard me, I, y'all heard me I said prophesied. I ain't say prophesied. They prophesied against me. Every day I act up, we had something called the belt. We had something called a stick. We, oh, oh, we call them switches. <laughs> we call them switches. We had, we had some of those, right? My mom would, you know, she'll do her thing. She'll, she'll, she'll put the work in. But while she's putting the work in, she's speaking over my life. Because before that, before I was, when I was born, and I said I've always had a, a little problem when I was younger because I, I didn't learn how to talk until I was like four or five. And when I started talking, I was just saying, ga, 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 ga. So in Georgia, they, they nicknamed me Gaga because that's all I said, right? So I didn't start speaking. I mean, I didn't start learning how I had to go to speech when I was in elementary and everything like that so be, to learn how to speak. So it was like six, seven years old when I really started learning how to develop my speaking. All right. So 
even between us, I had it was a prophet, a man of God who came and said, "You're gonna, he's gonna be ministering to to people. He's gonna be one of those ones ministering. He's gonna be able to, you know, be speaking to the world and speaking to the nation." Now, at that point in time, I couldn't talk. I wasn't talking. You know what I'm saying? So, so while that was going on, while I was acting up in, in school and everything, my my mom was been doing her business, but she was speaking what the man of God was saying. You will be what. You was called to be. You will not be a bad child. You, were, you know, and she, she was, she was hurting my behind. I ain't gonna lie, but she was still speaking in my life what was supposed to be done in my life and its purpose. And now I can sit here today and say that I had a, I don't, I graduated honors. I graduated college with honors. I got a master's degree. I can say all that because of what the world was like happened in my life. What she was speaking in my life, what the man of God was speaking in my life, it had to come forth. So parents, don't give, don't, don't talk about your kids. Matter of fact, start speaking good things over your kids. They may be acting, acting a mess. They may be acting the butt. They may, they may need it, but you don't say it. You start speaking great things. My child will be a great child. My, my child will grow up to be strong. My child will grow up to be. It works. The word works. Hannah. Uh, that's the story, Hannah. Just so I can go back, story of Hannah. First Samuel. First Samuel. Hannah didn't have a child. She had, <laughs> she had a a husband, and her husband had another husband. I mean, another wife, not a husband. Lord forgive me. Had another wife who was able to have kids. Her herself was not able to have kids. All right. Her womb was closed. The Bible said her womb was, was shut. But she got to a point of saying, you know what, God? If you give me a child, I will make sure that he serves you all the days of his life. So she decided to speak over Samuel's life before she, he was even born. Before he was formed out of his mom's womb, she was going ahead and speaking what he was going to be. Just like what happened with Jeremiah. And if you read the story, you see Samuel <laughs> became a birth and seed into Hannah. And at the same time that the prophet and his kids was acting the fool. So there was a set time for another man of God to be risen to take forth the purpose that God had placed in that earth at that moment. Yes, Hallelujah. And I think that was the next point that I was going to make, if I'm not mistaken. No. Second one was being, become an honest lady. So, let me go back. How you fulfill your, your, your purpose. First, you know your purpose. Second, you become an understudy. You become an understudy. You become an understudy. I mean, you, you, you got to know what you're supposed to be doing. You got to learn how to do it. And you, I mean, a Holy, yes, the Holy Spirit can, can reveal it in revelation, but then he'll place somebody in your, your life that'll be able to push you forth, to be able to help you learn and, and to build and to become fully perfect that you can go out there and be what God had called you to be. Hallelujah. So what's the understudy? In acting, 
And acting, this is what I understood, this is what it's called in acting. It says to learn a role in order to replace the regular actor or actress when necessary. When I was talking about Samuel, Eli and his, his, his sons was acting up and God was fit to destroy, destroy Eli and his whole house. So he had to raise up a man of God who's going to be sincere, who's going to be strong, who's going to make sure he's doing the exact same thing that he was supposed to be doing in the life of, of the people. So he had to raise up Samuel. He raised up Samuel, Samuel in the house of Eli. So he was able to learn under Eli what to do, what not to do, how to go about doing the business of the father. So when it was his time to come up, he was able to do it because he already knew exactly what to do. That's how you become an understudy. Every Wednesday, every Sunday, we have a man of God in here who's pushing us, who's showing us, okay, you should be great, you can be great. And then he give us the, the, the things that we need to do to become great. But we have to make sure that we don't look at him like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't know about that. You should be working the word. should be working the word. You should be working the words coming from him. And because the words coming from him is right out the Bible, out the book. So becoming an understudy. And like I said, Samuel was an understudy. David was an understudy. David was a great understudy. I mean, you got a man trying to kill you, but you still, instead of you trying to kill him back, you're like, no, I'm not going to mess with you. You're still trying to love on somebody who's bringing you down because you understand that you're going to have a time. Remember, at that point in time, David was already anointed king. So his purpose was to become king, right? Then when his purpose came, he got into the kingdom. He became a servant. Matter of fact, if you looked at uh, 1 Kings 19, you would see Elijah, when he anointed Elisha, he, he forsook everything and walked with the man of God. He said, matter of fact, the Bible said he became his servant. So he started walking with him. He said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. As the Lord lives, guess what? I'm walking with you. People will talk about, hey, hey, man, Elijah for the leave, man, Elijah for the go. He like, man, shut that noise up. This is my man of God. Calm down. I, I understand what's going on, but I got to stay with him because I'm under him. I got to learn everything that he has. So then when it's my time, I know exactly how to walk this thing out. So we got to get to a point of understanding that God will always place someone with you, my, my wife was talking about, talking about this, uh, this word that this man said. He said, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you got to know somebody put him there. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean by that? If you see, you know someone, you done became great. Someone had to place you to that point. You didn't put yourself there by yourself. Somebody had to help you along the way. Hallelujah. So we're coming to understudy. All right, third one. Ah, you know what? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11 before I finish that one. Ah, yes, yes. Ooh, doing good timing. Yes. 
1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Look what it says. It says, imitate me. And this is as I also imitate Christ. And this was Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And what I'm saying is, if you're, you're here and we're members of disciples, we're not members, disciples of this body right here, we should be imitating our father, Pastor Anderson, as he imitate Christ. We're his understudies. He's the one who's pushing us to our, our purpose. He's the one who's pushing us to become great. Because remember, when you, when you do your purpose, you're going to become great. You're going to become great. Hallelujah. All right. Third one. Third one. Study the word. Study the word of God. Study the word. So we can have an understudy. You can make sure you're doing exactly what your man of God doing. You're imitating him and everything. I mean, imitation means that you got to do exactly what he's doing. And you know he's studying the word of God. So you need to be studying the word of God. So you know that you know that you know that you know that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in life. Did everybody get that? I was kind of saying that kind of fast. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, can you give me uh, Joshua 1 and 8? And if we have it in the CEV, CEV, look what it says. I like this one because I thought this was pretty awesome because this is what we're trying to do right here. This is what we're trying to do. Never stop reading the book of the law he gave you. Day and night, you must think about what he says. If you obey it completely, you in Seed and Grace Christian Center will be able to take this land. Come on. Come on. Come on. Take this land. Remember, I don't know if it was a few years back. Pastor Durbin came in here and he said that this church is the centerpiece yes, of St. Petersburg. Yes, now, I don't know if y'all know what a centerpiece is, but it's like the main attraction that people want to come to. And, it, and it, it takes me to the brain. Right? If we're able to meditate on this word and do exactly what God has said, and we've been spoken that we are the centerpiece, people will be drawn here. And, and I say people because we're talking about not only these streets, but we're talking about regions and we're talking about the city, the whole city. We're talking about the Bay Area. We will take this land. Because our whole purpose, purpose is to make sure everyone is ready when Christ returns. Because he's coming back. You know, we, he's coming back and we want we don't want no one to be left behind. We want everybody to be able to say, I got my ticket. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Because it's going to be a joyous time. Y'all just don't understand. It's going to be joy, joy, joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So success. This is what success is. Listen to what this definition was. It says the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to accomplish a purpose that God done placed in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Number four. Know what time you are in. Know your time when you're supposed to go out there. What happens is a lot of people are premature. 
they think that they don't got a little word already in them, a little seed in them, then they feel like they can just go out there and do all willy-nilly, be all willy-nilly everywhere, and you don't supposed to do that. You got to know your time. You got to know when it's your time to be out there and accomplish and, and go fulfill that purpose that God has placed in you. You got to understand that the man of God will know when it's your time as well because God's not going to just speak to you. He's going to confirm it with him. And what happens is a lot of people, they decide that they want to go out there, make a church, knowing you only got but two members, and because you're pride, you don't want to come back into the house and get filled and study more until it's your time to really go out there. It's like a boxer. I know I have a couple of boxers, I think. Boxer. I know at least this is boxer. <laughs> like a boxer. You got something called amateur boxing. Then you have something called professional boxing. Now, an amateur boxer, I just don't believe is ready to be a professional boxer. Because what happens is the amateur is learning. They're, they're getting rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds. And the trainer, he will get you to a point of realizing, okay, now it's time for you to be a professional. You got it now. But if you try, your, if you try to go into a ring with a professional boxer at the wrong time, that's like me. Being an amateur trying to go in there with Mike Tyson. You know, I'm, I'm a heavyweight now. So trying to go in, there, <laughs> go in there with Mike Tyson, doing Mike Tyson's prime. I ain't talking about now. I'm talking about in his prime in the 80s, 80, 86 through 90, before he started doing all the foolishness. That's like me trying to go in there with him. I'm going to get knocked out. This dude done trained all his life pretty much. He done did so many rounds already. He's He's... I mean, at that point in time, he was the best heavyweight boxer at that point in time. You know what I'm saying? That's like me getting in the ring with Muhammad Ali, the greatest. Oh, man, he going to talk and beat me up. <laughs> You're not ready for me, sir. You're not ready. I, I can just say it. But, but that's because I, was, I came in there premature. You, you got to be able to be mature first before you decide to walk out there. And God will give you the, the, the green light when you're mature enough to go out there. Hallelujah. 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 So wait your time. Make sure. Ecclesiastes 3, let's go back to 3 and 1. What? 3 and 1. And get to me in the, I got you the New King, New King James, right? That's what we sung, we did it in. Give it to me in the message. Message. Let's see what the message is about. Look what it says. There is an opportune time to do things. That means that there's, a time, there's, there's going to be an opportunity for you to do it, but you got to know your opportune time. A right time for everything on the earth. Right time. The right time for you to go out there and fulfill your purpose. Sarah, I'm a t <laughs> you look at Genesis. The Bible, God told Sarah, Abraham, I'm going to give you, a, I'm, I'm going to birth a nation out of you. That's what the word was. Sarah, you was going to be the one to have the nation. 
you was going to be the one to have the nation. But because she's trying to go before her time, we now have two nations. Two. There should have been a nation that should not even been, it should not have even been even mentioned in the Bible. But because Sarah was decided she wanted to go before her time and do it the way, go before God and do it the way that she felt like it should be done, knowing that the Bible said, God told her that, no, you was going to be the release the seed. You're going to be the one who released that nation out. No, 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 God, let me, let me just give him my, my maid servant. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. How are you going to help God, the one who created you? Can't help him. <laughs> and now, because of that, we have two nations who are fighting against each other. And we're still fighting against each other. To this day. Praise Allah. Praise God. What? Anyway, I'll get off of that subject. All right. Five. My favorite one. Hallelujah. Don't allow adversity or fear to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. Do not allow adversity or fear to stop your purpose. Remember, we have the devil. When he heard that your, what your purpose was, he wanted to stop you. He wanted to destroy you. It's just like a lion. When a, a male lion comes into, another male lion comes into a, a pride and he see that there's little baby lion, baby cubs, yes. he's going to kill those baby, baby lions because he don't want them to grow up to start outdoing them, outdo him. The, the devil, he understands that you have a great purpose in your life that whenever, whatever he can do to stop you from doing it, He's going to try to do it. It doesn't matter if he, 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 he can try all he can. All right. It says that he's like a roaring lion. Hallelujah. But if we stand fast and be steadfast and resist him, he has to flee. Hallelujah. We have we, uh, David. I, I feel like David was the greatest example of making sure that he didn't allow fear or adversity to stop him from his purpose. David went through a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of things. David went through where he was serving the king greatly because now the, his cheerleaders are saying, oh, Saul did his 10 and David did, I mean, did his 1,000 and David did his 10,000. Saul and got mad and everything. Now adversity done came to David. And even though David was going through adversity, the Bible talks about how there was other men what came to David. And he became captain under them. Now, David is going through, but David still understood his purpose. He understood that he was supposed to be king. So, okay, in a better way for me to now start training other men at this point in time during my adversity. During his adversity, he's still training people. He was still serving. He was still doing exactly what God had him doing because he understand that I'm going to go through this, but I'm going through it. Hallelujah. That's why I love when he said, hallelujah, in Psalms 23, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. Do y'all know what a shadow is? A shadow. Come on, D. I'm, I'm, let me show y'all. Look at this shadow right here. This is the shadow. Well, people can't see it. But a shadow, it has darkness. 
It's a dark area. Normally it's a dark area with light. And he said that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I fear nothing. Do like this for me. All right? So the, the, the shadow of death is swinging, but I fear it. I don't fear it because it can't get to me. I don't care what he do, how he's swinging. He can bring sickness. He can bring disease. He can bring all that. I don't fear it. I don't fear it because you know why? I can't fear it because the, the, what's, the purpose in my life is greater than this, this shadow right here. The purpose in your life is greater than this shadow right here. Hallelujah. You got to understand, sickness and disease don't kill you. You kill yourself. When you start believing in the sickness and disease, when you start allowing that fear to come in you about the sickness, what they say, because a report, a doctor's report, ain't nothing but a shadow. It's nothing but a shadow. You start believing that shadow, then all of a sudden it starts killing you. But if you walk and you know that God is with you because he said by his stripes you are healed, you were healed, because if you were healed, you are healed. Hallelujah. So that can't, that, that can't do nothing because God is with me. He's with me. It don't matter what shadow comes. Hallelujah. Shadow comes, he got a bill. Oh, I got a bill. That's just a shadow. Because God said that I am rich. Hallelujah. It's just a shadow. And, and to my understanding, when I look at the shadow, it's under my foot. That's that bad thing right there. That's not bad. <laughs> it's under my feet. You know what I'm saying? Shadows are beneath you. Bills are beneath you. Sickness are beneath you. Hallelujah. Y'all got a name that's above all names that's in you. Thank you, man. Hallelujah. That's why David was able to walk with boldness and confidence. Said, the Lord is my light. Whom shall I fear? He was able to walk with boldness and confidence because he understood who was with him. And, and, and any time that something came on, he can, he can walk in confidence and know, oh, you ain't nothing with me because I have God with me. The greatest one is with me. The greatest one is in you. He just had him with him. Hallelujah. Now it's just time for us to just stand up. Be bold as a lion. Hallelujah. 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 Even with adversity, when you look at Josh, uh, Joseph, Joseph went through a lot of adversities to become second in rank. And really, he became first in rank because the Pharaoh had to come and talk to him about doing things himself. But he went through the, like I said, he went through the pit, became a slave, went to Potiphar's house. His Potiphar's wife tried to get all nilly grilly with him, and he said, no, 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 no. Then he went to prison. So all that stuff could have stopped him from if he decided to say, you know what, this is too much for me. A lot of times, a lot of people quit when they, when they was this close. They was this close for getting that, that purpose. They was that, this close for achieving that thing that was accomplished. They was this close. And they quit because of fear. I'm telling y'all now, do not quit. Hallelujah. Because you're this close. 
you're this close. Hallelujah. If you believe that financial miracles are happening in your life every day, you're this close. Hallelujah. You're this close. Esther, we, I started with Esther. Esther went to a point, and if you don't know the story, I'll make a little short story. Esther was an orphan. She didn't have a mother or a father. So do we have any orphans in here? Okay, thank you. So I let you know that you qualify, honey. And if you wasn't an orphan, you didn't have it as bad as Esther did. Amen? Now, she ended up becoming the queen at a time when the other queen decided that she wanted to act a fool. So God will take one out and raise up another. <laughs> now, her uncle was the one who raised her. At this time right here, there was a man named Haman who wanted to kill the Jews. He wanted to destroy them. Okay? Now, Esther was an orphan, and she was part of a bondage area, a slave. Okay? She was part of bondage. She didn't tell, her, tell no one who, what her name was. She didn't tell them that she was a Jew. All she was was someone, she was a beautiful woman, and she just walked with favor of her life. Period, point blank. She ended up winning a beauty contest. She became, a queen, she became the queen because the king loved her a lot more than she, he loved everyone else. Matter of fact, the Bible said he loved her more than he loved, I mean, he loved the rest of his wives that he had. He loved her more. She got to, it was a point where she had to make a choice because this was her time. This was the time that God had placed in her life, her purpose. This is, this is it right here. The reason why you became queen pretty much is because there's a man who's trying to destroy my people and I need someone to rise up and stand up and be able to fight that. So, while this is going on, she decided that she was going to fast for a couple of days and the, the thing was, they was like, man, you know, if you walk into this area, and the king don't like that you walked in it, they can just destroy you. Even the queen had that issue as the queen. So it was one point in time that she fasted, and she was like, hey, if I die, let me die. She said, it don't even matter no more. This is what I was here for. This is what I was made to do. This is what I was created to do. This is what I was born to do. Hallelujah. So she walked in through adversity, no fear. She walked in that area, and the king allowed her to come in. Okay? She went through all that, that she can save a nation. She went through all that, that her people would not die. Now, Malachi told her before then, if you do not do it, if you're silent, guess what? God will raise somebody else up to save us, the people, but your people going to die. So she wasn't just doing it for the people. She had to do it for herself as well because she was going to end up dying as well because they're going to learn that she was a Jew. So she had to not, she had to forsake everything else she knew. She had to go ahead and say, you know what? 
I'm here. If I die, I'm going to die doing my purpose, doing what I know God has told me to do. And yea, though I walk through this valley, I don't fear nothing because I know, God, that you're with me because I know this is the reason why I am here. This is my time. This is my season. This is my purpose that I have to be able to save these people. This was an orphan girl. The same orphan girl who didn't have a father, who didn't have a mother. So don't tell me that you can be in here and don't think you have a purpose in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did I get a number six? Oh, that's the reason why I was talking about Esther. God will give you favor. <laughs> God will give you favor, even with your enemies. Remember, the king was the enemy as well. Because this is Persia. They became slaves. But gave, gave, her, gave her favor. The king loved her so much that he, whatever she wanted to be done was going to be done. It got to a point that he got mad at Haman that everything that Haman thought was going to happen to the Jews ended up happening to him and his family. God turned that thing around just because there was one woman who decided to stand for righteousness. There was one woman who decided to stand when nobody else could be able to stand. Hallelujah. So think about that. Start thinking about that purpose that God placed in you. And if you don't know what it is, start praying about it. Start praying about it. Start knowing that God has something great for your life for this time. And if he's prepping you for this time, you stay getting prepped up because when it's your time to go out, you will, your time, when it's your time, you're you going to shine on your time. You're going to shine in your time. Because God would not have placed you here if he didn't have something for you to do. God never makes mistakes. God has never made a mistake. Never. So believe, trust that God has something great for you. And when you do it, you will shine. Amen. Come on, stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You was born for this. Hallelujah. What you see right now, you are greater than that. Hallelujah. God said that whatever he, what he made, it was good and very good. He created you good. One thing we do know, we was born to be dominionaires. If you don't know nothing else, you was born to be a dominionaire. The Bible talks about you having dominion over everything. Is sickness part of everything? Yes. Is disease part of everything? Yes. Is debt part of everything? Yes. He said you had dominion over that. But we have to believe that. We got to have the faith to know that we, we, we have control over, we have authority over those things. Those things should not be hurting us. It should not make nothing. It should not make us feel down. It should not distress us. It should not bother us. Because we have dominion over it. Hallelujah. But if you have not received Christ as your Savior, if you have not 
allow Lord to let Jesus be the Lord of your life, you don't have dominion. Even though you, was, you would be born, you can be born with it today. Hallelujah. If we have anyone in here who has not asked God to be your savior, just lift your hands. Lift your hands right now. We can get that done right now. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. So everyone's saved. Ask your neighbor. I'm going to do what dad say. Ask your neighbor. Are you saved? 